everyone, especially Britney Spears. This is Up Too Late, and I'm your host, Teresa Zoe Williams. Tonight, writer and producer Jeannie Gaffigan will be joining me later to talk about the COVID-19 vaccine. Vaccines are super important. Ask anyone who's had measles or polio or anything else that we have vaccines for now. I'm scared to death of needles, and I still get my flu shot every year. I used to need allergy shots when I was a kid, and it started out with four in each arm once a week. That's a lot of shots, especially for a little kid who hates needles. When I had to have my tonsils out when I was nine and needed a blood draw, I actually broke the chair that they have you sit in, just completely straight up broke it because I was squirming and fighting so much. And it took two nurses plus my mom to hold me down to get it done. It was similar when I started allergy shots. God bless pediatric nurses who deal with some crazy kids. And God bless especially the one who scratched me with a needle when I squirmed and cried a little with me. Although for different reasons, I'm sure. Anyway, if I can endure shots, anyone can. There are some conspiracy theorists out there, though, who say that Bill Gates or George Soros or someone with money is implanting surveillance chips in people through the COVID vaccine. Catholic Substack journal The Pillar seems to think surveillance is fine, so I don't see a problem. Welcome to the show, everyone. Tonight, I'm being good and drinking flavored water. Stay hydrated, mofos. Pinkies out. This week's dramatic reading of scripture comes to us from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 12, verses 15 through 19. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Jesus is being a little facetious here, and I'm here for it. Peter said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. I'd be concerned if I was Peter, too. In fact, I'm concerned for myself a lot of the time anyway. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him, A third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that he had said to him a third time, do you love me, as he should be. And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. A.K.A. you'll have to do things you don't want to because it's right. 
Sounds like good advice for anyone. Jesus said this signifying by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, Follow me. The end. Tonight, I'd like to welcome someone very special to the show. She's a Catholic writer, producer, mother of five. Jeannie Gaffigan, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Truly, it's my pleasure. You're one of my heroes. So having you on is like a dream come true. Um, Tonight, though, we're going to talk about something a little more serious. So tonight, we're going to talk about the COVID-19 pandemic and what we can do to help. Now, Jeannie, you and your family had to spend COVID in isolation because you guys rented a house, didn't you, to isolate? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it was, um, we isolated for, um, you know, in our apartment in New York city for, um, you know, three and a half months or whatever, when, you know, we didn't really know, we kept thinking, oh, this is going to be a couple of weeks and, you know, whatever. (laughs) We didn't really understand what was happening. Right. So what happened was, um, after a while, after like most of the furniture in my apartment broke, my husband was like, we have to get the kids outside because we don't have an outdoor space in our right. apartment. So we rented a house in the country and we moved and we still haven't come back. Oh, we nice. Still live there. Um, oh, well. However, you know, um, now there's this Delta variant. Right. So um, we, and you're in the same position now, you said seven and nine. Yes. Right? My oldest children are seven and nine. Yes. And um, t- 20 months. Yes. So now we're in this position where, um, you know, adults are vaccinated mm-hmm. or should be, or should be, have the opportunity to be. Yes. And um, kids aren't. Right. So we are now protecting our children, right? Because yes. most of the older people are uh, va- vaccinated. Yes. And there are people also who cannot be vaccinated at all because of health uh conditions. Correct. Um, and there's also people who are in communities where there's a history of mistrust of the medical uh, establishment that have nothing to do with um, vaccine hesitancy for um, uh, political reasons or whatever. It's like literally they were used as experimental uh, uh, guinea pigs right. in their history. And also they were um, they are still not treated uh, fairly by the medical uh, mm-hmm. community. And it's a big problem as we found out last summer <laughs> um, in more ways than one. So that, um, because of that, the us vaccinated people, you know, have a responsibility to protect the most vulnerable among us in our right. uh, society. And our, our U.S. bishops, bishops, to their credit this time, have said, said that it is our responsibility as as adults as catholics to be vaccinated yes. and are in the vatican as well in the vatican yes you no know, and it's like is is but there's a lot of misinformation out there right now too yes. isn't there so that's what i was that's what i think we should talk about because the vaccine is a life issue yes and i don't know how you could argue that it's not right so i just want to just discuss that with with you today yeah, please yeah so um 
Well, I think myself and my listeners would like to know like what misinformation is out there and where we can turn for correct information. I think those are two really big important things that people need to know to move forward well in this pandemic because it's still a pandemic. We're still facing this, especially with the Delta variant now. Okay. Well, okay. There's there's a, a couple of, of things that I've noticed about um, the hesitancy, um, and um, I will briefly talk about like just the general community mm-hmm. hesitancy, and then we can kind of yes. get more into like the Catholic weeds. Yes. Um, but okay. So um, one of the uh, strangest uh, hesitancies, I think, in general, is that people. Um, don't see COVID-19 as a threat. All right. So that is a big one. Yeah. That one boils my blood a little bit. Right. So do you recognize that, right? That some people have seen it. We're um, not gonna, you know, it's not, it's the flu. Right. And you know, like my uncle's death from COVID was written off as well. He's old and has pre-existing conditions. No, it wasn't just that. It's that this is a very bad disease to have period if you're healthy or you're not. Um, so it is a threat. It's a huge threat. Yeah. Okay. So that it's like, we, we, we agree that it's a huge threat. Okay. And we are going to get into the variant uh, thing later. Mm-hmm. So another myth um, I wanted to bring up was that people don't think they need the vaccine because they were previously infected with COVID-19. All right. Mm-hmm. That's a general idea. Like, why should I get the vaccine? Because I was previously infected with COVID-19. Right. So from a uh, scientific, very, you know, basic scientific perspective, um, you know, the uh, virus is changing, right? And mm-hmm. also you can get reinfected with this vaccine. It's been mm-hmm. shown over and over and over again. And you can, as long as the uh, uh, virus is out there, it's going to mutate and it's going to change and um we're going to be more vulnerable to it and the vaccines are going to work less, the less people get vaccinated. And um, I do not, um, we don't have time to go into all the science there, but um, I can give you a basic, essentially um, in a, in a different way. So the virus like replicates all the time, right? So Mm -hmm. that's a life cycle. Mm -hmm. So when a virus replicates, it can, uh, you know, withstand a, a, you know, one of the baby's viruses can withstand the vaccine or or the antibodies right. that we have, and it changes. You know, it mutates. Mm-hmm. It becomes a different thing. Mm-hmm. So, it like, for instance, this you know, Delta variant, this is a variant that is very highly contagious. It may or may not cause more sickness or whatever, but it, it, you infect more people. Mm-hmm. Back to the variants. The variants are um, something that ha- is, will continue to develop and develop throughout the world before everyone is vaccinated, right? right. So just having COVID-19, you might have had the COVID, uh, COVID the alpha. You might right. have had the first COVID-19 or whatever. So okay. essentially, it's not like once you have this virus, you're never going to get uh COVID-19 again you still the doctors will still tell you to get vaccinated so that's a myth if you had COVID-19 um you still have to get vaccinated also um there is a uh also a worry 
um, in the anti-vax community for years mm-hmm. that um, vaccines cause autism. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. Oh, yes, I have okay. heard of it. Having young children, I have been in all of those conversations because of their vaccine schedules. So, and especially having a boy, it seems to be, people are more worried about the boys on the vaccine schedule than girls. Okay. And so it's uh, it's really funny because last night I brought this up to my daughter. I have a daughter who's 17 years old. Um, I asked her to look into the autism thing. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what? Can you look into the autism thing and see if there's any thing with the COVID, like if there's any resistance because of the autism thing, because I know that was a big thing in the anti-vax community before. So she did some research for me, which I won't go into the whole uh, thing right now because of time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there's no, there's no there's cause no of autism. Time. All right. This is why I brought her up because she said, and which I thought was just so smart. She was just like, so um, would anti-vaxxers really have a, a dead or sick child than a child in the autism spectrum. Right. Right. So that's a very pro-life argument. I would say, you know, people are not getting autism from these vaccines. The fear of it is saying that if I had a child that was born with autism, I would rather have them be dead. That's the, the major thing. Now, granted, we could go to debate and someone could win a debate against this idea of uh, what that means. But that right. that is from the mind of a child. Yes. My daughter, who is a child and with an adult mind, but she made this very she made a connection, connection on her connection own. Yeah. of saying like, that's kind of like, you know, um, ableist. Yeah. Right. It is. So um, I just wanted to bring that up because I just thought that was just so beautiful that she thought that, that she was like, that's ableist. So then there's a lack of trust in the vaccines, which is very, mm-hmm. uh, a very important thing because it's an emergency approval, right? Right. So like, look, they rushed to put this together. They slapped it together in a, in a meth lab right. somewhere in the woods and they just put it out there. And now it's like, well, no, that's not true. It's 30 years. Right. 30 years, this mRNA uh, research has been taking place and it has the uh, capacity to cure cancer, by the way. That's wow. why they're doing this. This is a way to deliver vaccines. And I'm not going to get into the science of it, but I am re- assembling or mm-hmm. a part of a group of a team that's assembling a panel of scientists and microbiologists who are Catholic and pro-life who are going to explain this to lay people like you that's and I phenomenal. about what the mRNA method of vaccination is, whereas before it was like, why it came together so quickly is because this, for 30 years, they've been developing this type of delivery system. Right. And so once the Chinese identified the DNA structure of these of this virus, they were able to create this vaccine or different formulas were uh, created with using this delivery method, right? So the delivery right. method was already there, but once you have the DNA structure of a virus- You, you can, can basically plug it in and go. In. So, right. And the reason what Operation Work Speed, by the way, was authorized under President Trump for those people yes. who are saying, hey, I'm a Trump supporter and I don't believe in the vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Your guy helped- and I don't know why he is not stand, like that should be the biggest uh, victory of Trump is that he did 
Uh, he did the right thing. He did the right thing. I, I, and also, I mean, I, I do, I do want people to. We can't explain all this stuff in just one little, you know, sure. podcast. Yeah. But please, just look into all this stuff. Right. So, so where would you, you recommend starting if you are vaccine hesitant and have heard all of these myths? Where would you? suggest starting for good information, looking for good information. I mean, so I know that some people who are only getting their source of news from one source may not want, may not trust the medical association, but look, look mm-hmm. to the Catholic medical association then. Look to the Catholic pro-life doctors that are in the Catholic medical association, okay? okay. Who are scientists, biologists, if you're not, if you don't trust the CDC, but as Catholics, right, as a Catholic, I cannot believe that the Catholic Church is not jumping on this opportunity to be part of the solution to save the world because we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity as Catholics. Right now, we have millions of dollars in mm-hmm. wealthy Catholic uh, money going in to, let's say, the pro-life movement, right? To, to, to elect pro-life uh, officials, mm-hmm. to save uh, the lives of unborn babies, to, um, you know, to facilities that take in uh, pregnant women who might be trying to consider a decision or whatever. Let's take some of that energy because those babies and those mothers are vulnerable to COVID-19. Yes. So why is that different? It's well, not. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. So let's take some of those that those people, the masses, the uh, the prayers, the money, the pro life movement, and 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 include COVID nineteen because of COVID nineteen. So also, I want to say this: people yeah, yeah, yeah. think they won't get uh, 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 at least half the people who say they won't get vaccinated. It's because of a conspiracy theory. Did you know that half the people won't get vaccinated? I didn't realize it was that high. Now I'm not sure because there is, you know, I don't know how that's broken down because also people who are interested in this, uh, when I go about like the African-American hesitancy to get the vaccine and that Mm -hmm. communities. Um, And also I urge any of my, um, fellow African-American friends and colleagues to go into their community, into their churches and help bring a, uh, a, a black uh, or a uh, any kind of scientist, biologist or um, theologian into your community to speak about this. Um, but uh, is this conspiracy theory, it was not broken down by race at all. But I can imagine and I can forgive that if a uh, black American says, I don't know if I want to participate in this vaccine because I'm hardwired to distrust the medical community um, because of the Tuskegee experiment or something Ugh. where, you know, a group of yes. uh, black men were allowed to keep get, getting having syphilis so the white community could study the effects on them as guinea pigs. That happened. Yes. Right. But and that could lead people to believe that there is a conspiracy to test a virus, uh, a antigen or a, a vaccine on, you know, a community to as guinea pigs. That's not true. So but it's I the there's certain people who 
are okay. You know, it's understandable why you would think that, but there are other people who think that like, you know, George Soros and Oprah are implanting a chip in their body so they can track them or whatever. Look, the less people get vaccinated, the more it's going to be a requirement to have like a chip. All right. If you're, you're causing that to be a reality, the vaccine passports and all that, that's going to be a thing if you don't get vaccinated. This is about the community. This is about loving your neighbor. And so I would um, strongly encourage everyone to um, love their neighbor and get vaccinated. And that, um, you know, yeah. We have to help the world get vaccinated. And mm-hmm. until we can work out to, until we, else we can keep up, you know, clean up our own house and be healthy. Mm-hmm. If I'm sick, I can't go out and help my sick neighbor, right? So right. we need to get healthy. We need to help our communities get healthy. And we need to help the world get healthy who aren't, don't have their vaccine doses for every American. And we're not taking advantage of that. We are so blessed and so lucky that we have the access to these vaccines. Mm-hmm. And we have, and, and also that there are amazing grassroots organizations in every state helping to get these vaccines out to rural Americans. We have to help these countries that do not have the vaccine and that people are, thousands of people are dying. We can't even see the forest for the trees when we are dealing with this in our country, that we're not fully, uh, we're not, we need to get our country vaccinated so we can help the world. Because Mm -hmm. as you know, until it doesn't matter that Vermont is doing great, if Florida is doing so terrible, because we're one, so we have to figure this out. Then we, as Catholics, we, as American Catholics, I think we have an obligation to look outside of our political differences, be focused on healing and loving our neighbors all over the world. Well, thank you so much, Jeannie, for coming on tonight and helping to dispel some of these rumors and misinformation and bringing a very Catholic perspective back into this conversation. Um, Everyone, I will have some links for resources to this information in the show notes. And thank you again, Jeannie, so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. The weird saint this week is St. Gianna Beretta Mola. Gianna was a pediatrician who married a little later than most Catholics at the practically geriatric age of 33 and went on to have four children, one of whom died in infancy. It was with her fifth child that she gained notoriety. While pregnant, Gianna developed a fibroma on her uterus and told the doctors to just remove the fibroma rather than a hysterectomy to preserve her baby's life, and then they could further deal with the issue after the baby's birth. It's a myth that Gianna died because of the pregnancy. She did die a week after giving birth due to developing septic peritonitis. Gianna is a saint because of her determination to value the life of her unborn child as much as or maybe even more than her own. What she shows is that we can make inconvenient choices for ourselves that benefit someone else 
or even a whole community. Let it be known that a hysterectomy would have been permissible in Gianna's case, but she made a choice that she deemed right for herself and her family, and she urges us to make choices the same way. We celebrate St. Gianna on April 28th. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Up Too Late. Up Too Late is a Grexley podcast. Find it and others that are awesome at grexley.com. Special thanks tonight to Jeannie Gaffigan for joining us and to all the pediatric nurses whose jobs I made harder by my severe fear of needles. Nurses are the real heroes here. You can always find me at Teresa Zoe on Twitter and at Teresa Zoe Williams on Facebook and Insta if you absolutely must. If you like this show, please, please make sure to support it on Patreon at patreon.com slash Teresa Zoe. This month of August, if you become a subscriber on Patreon, and if you're already a Zoe Astrian, you'll receive the first five chapters of my upcoming book, A Catholic Field Guide to Fairy Tale Princesses, Modern Virtues and Tales as Old as Time, for free. You'll also always get all kinds of behind-the-scenes looks, sneaks, sneak peeks, extras, bloopers, and other freebies in addition to any tier rewards. This week, you'll also find my full conversation with Jeannie on my Patreon. God bless and keep you. Sleep well and have sweet dreams. May your guardian angel be close at hand. And Mama Mary wrap you in her mantle. Go to sleep! <laughs>